that time of the week, ladies and gents. If you're listening, it's episode 14 of the Empowered Women's Podcast. I have a returning guest back on the show. I'd love to welcome back Miranda Clare, our resident matchmaker and soulmate coach. Miranda, welcome back, Gorge. Thank you for having me. So good to be back. I know, I know. So you featured on episode nine for the Understanding Love Languages, the five love languages episode, which was an absolute hoot. So for anyone that hasn't gone to listen to that just yet, go back and listen because it was very informative, but it was also entertaining as well. Absolutely. I, I, th- we, I think that was probably the naughtiest depiction of love languages I've ever heard. I think we made up a sixth love language, to be honest. <laughs> Go back and listen to the promo on my Instagram stories, episode nine. It was an absolute cracker. So, uh, Miranda, if people haven't learned or listened to that episode, just give us a five, two to five minute elevator pitch of um, where you're from, what you do and why you're passionate about it. Awesome. So my name is Miranda Clare and I am the Soulmate Coach. And as you beautifully introduced me, I do matchmaking. I work with couples. And so I I work with singles that want to meet their soulmate and I do coaching and matchmaking with them. Mm. And I work with couples who need coaching to find their spark, work through triggers, whatever it is they want to work on. Some of them just want to go from good to great. Mm. And I'm a love expert and some people just want to work on the relationship with self in terms of self-love. And last episode, which was so fun, I had so much beautiful feedback about that, people absolutely laughing along with us. Oh, yeah. They said they were laughing with us. They might have been laughing at us. It was great. It was really, really, really good. So much fun. I loved it. Yeah. So fun. It was so fun. I'm so excited to be back and the the exciting projects we're working on together. And um, what we went over is the love languages. So just to quickly recap as a bit of a teaser, go check it out if you haven't. But it's Mm. there's five main love languages which are words of affirmation, people that love compliments and praise. There is touch, people that love cuddles and physical contact. Mm -hmm. quality time so people that love uninterrupted phone off time together there's gifts people that love a really perfect prezi and it's not about the price tag it's about nailing it Mm -hmm. Um, and then acts of service is the final one so people that are doing you know charitable acts and deeds that are incredibly thoughtful and we all have a different love language and often we are speaking different languages and screaming I love you at each other and wondering why it's not felt or you know, why our love tank is not feeling fully topped up or we might even be feeling unloved or misunderstood Mm. when you both love each other and it really comes down to getting fluent at these languages. So we really deep dive into that. Yes, yes. And it was a really good um, unpacking of each each different love language. I do have another question for you though. Yeah. Oh, God, what was I going to say? I think I've lost my train of thought. Um, So, okay, acts of service. Yeah. Right? Because my current partner is acts of service, whereas I'm mm-hmm. words of affirmation and physical touch. Mm-hmm. I think she's also word, uh, physical touch. Yeah. Is it possible that a person is satisfied with acts of service? Because I, although that may be someone's way of expressing love, I've never met a person that is quite okay with their partner just doing stuff for them without sort of craving a little bit more than that. Okay. Well, that that said like a true words of affirmation and touch person, (laughs) (laughs) which I am as well, so I'm allowed to pay you out. Um, So basically we, we tend to give and receive love in the same style. It's a little bit like normal communication outside of love, i.e. spoken communication. 
i.e. if someone is direct mm. and they generally crave direct back and so they speak directly and they appreciate direct. However, when it comes to love languages, sometimes we might give in one but prefer to receive in another for whatever reason. And we just need to get clear on what we are and what we want to receive Mm. and what we naturally give and align that with our partner and kind of do a bit of negotiating where it's like, this is what I think I am giving and receiving. This is what I think I am giving and receiving, person Mm. A and B. Um, And But here's what I would love from you, more of, less of, whatever. And you can kind of sell it to yourself and each other within the framework of your favourite one. Mm. So if your partner is acts of service, for instance, and and your words and touch, Mm. she may want to be really filled with acts when showing you your love and you may be really craving words and touch. Mm. And what you could do to kind of negotiate is say, hey, you know what would be the most thoughtful act you could do for me? Mm. (laughs) See how you're speaking her act language (laughs) is if you – text me good morning and good night and gave me a phone call a day and we're really verbal and it's all about the compliments, the talking, the texting, like more is more with words Mm. and when we see each other more is more with the touch. Um, That would be how you could show me your thoughtfulness in actions. And on the other side, like let's say she loves acts because that's her one or maybe she loves getting words in touch, you know, because people can mix it up. But let's say she, for argument's sake, she is acts and she could say, you know the best way that you could literally uh, make me feel so hugged and so adored Mm. the way you feel with a compliment or a hug Mm. would be you could literally um, I hate vacuuming the house, vacuum the house for me. Or you know that I've been putting off doing admin, sit down and have like a busy worker bee day where you help me do all of the jobs that I'm sabotaging. Mm. That would just make me feel so cared for and so thought for, Mm. whereas that doesn't involve touching or talking. It involves doing. Yeah. Well, look, I need a PA. I'm not going to lie. So if (laughs) I can get my girlfriend to be a PA, I'm all on board with that. (laughs) Win win, and then and then yeah. you can pay in words and touch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So when's Father's Day? Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Okay. So it's a Saturday afternoon now. The date is the fourth of September. So by the time everyone hears this, it'll be Monday the sixth. So in light of Father's Day coming up tomorrow, we've all got some crap that we've all dealt with 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 our fathers in some way, shape, or form. Not all, but most. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about father wounds. So what is a father wound? So, yeah, when we were brainstorming about what we would chat about next, this one just naturally came to us as a brilliant topic because not only do we professionally have a lot of value that we can add the listeners on this with our different experiences and life stories and expertise, but, you know, on a personal note, I know we both resonate with this one just to get a little bit real and raw, but what a dad... What a dad issue, sometimes called dad wounds or daddy issues, and it doesn't always mean that you want to date a man double your age. It can mean a lot of more nuanced things. But basically a dad issue is where the relationship with our dad or lack of relationship with our dad or kind of relationship with our dad due to them being absent, abandoning us or being abusive has a ripple effect onto our personality, our partnering style in a relationship and also our parenting style. So 
why you would want to sort of heal this or know about this is because we want to ultimately turn those wounds into wings and not let them hold us back. Mm. We have healthy, loving relationships and we want to come from love and not fear and really understand how this stuff affects us, not from a blame or victim mentality point of view, but from a p- empowering ourselves so that we can heal it and move beyond it. Mm. All right. Cool. So in that sense, are females more affected by the father wound or would males be more affected? Does it really matter? No. I, I think souls are affected or, you know, personalities are affected. Let me say personalities because I believe our souls are all love and light and it's the personality that kind of goes through the trenches this lifetime. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really get into the, the gender so much. It's more about how it shows up and just to be curious about, you know, male, female, but it doesn't matter as much as how it shows up. Okay. So how does a father wound affect a person in life, in work, love, friendships, etc.? Like how would you be able to identify someone who's got a father wound? Yeah, so basically it's a natural comparison to compare mother and father because ultimately it's where we came from. And dad represents power. Mm. Mother represents love. Dad represents masculine energy, irrespective of gender, and mum represents feminine energy, irrespective of gender. And whoever plays those roles, you know, in this day and age we have gay couples adopting kids and those energies are still craved, regardless of if you've been adopted or what genders your parents are. It's just it's that masculine energy of the oak tree and strength and the feminine energy of nurturing and softness. We crave a balance of both from our parents, our caregivers, and our partners. Yeah. And when there's a dad issue, it's an issue of power and masculine energy. So if our dad has been absent, and they can be under the same roof and be absent, it doesn't mean they have to be a divorce or leave. They can be always reading the newspaper, married to their job, emotionally unavailable. They could have abandoned us or we could perceive that they abandoned us because they died, they left, they remarried, etc. Mm-hmm. Or they could be abusive. And abusive doesn't have to be physically. It could be or it could be emotionally. It could be spiritually. Yeah. Um, and so how that shows up is in low self-esteem, heightened anxiety and depression, Mm. increased anger and rage, either excessive boundaries or complete lack of boundaries, attracting emotionally or logistically unavailable partners, sabotaging (laughs) stability and love Mm. because it's unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. and it can show up in parenting. These are the three Ps, parenting, partnering, and personality Mm. by us either mimicking what we saw in dad so we become our dads or opposing them so we try and become the opposite okay yeah now because dad is the theme of power masculine energy and strength what that often means is that part of us is out of balance because that role model in our childhood was out of balance so what that means is when it comes to the themes of power and masculine energy there's often an excessive amount of that energy because we craved it Mm. in a healthy way from our father and didn't get it, Mm. or there is a complete absence of that energy because we don't know what it looks like. So the wound can show shows up as out of balance with power. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So um, 
are people – I will use a woman as, a, as an example. So I guess would she be more inclined to date someone that would be more on the – I guess on the side of, um, yeah, emotionally unavailable, slightly abusive even, um, works away, that sort of stuff? Yeah. So just literally unavailable. It can be, it can be. So it manifests in many different forms, but there's an imbalance of power somewhere. And there's what what I really believe and the way that I coach and heal the clients that I work with is our parents are our role models of love or our primary caregivers. We yeah. might have been adopted, um, raised by family, whatever, but our primary caregivers, we crave masculine and feminine energy and we crave to learn about love from them. Mm. We learn about self-love based on the self-love that they had within themselves and also how nice or unnice or how much they met our needs and how we interpreted that and how that showed up as our own self-love. And we also learn about relationships, romantic love from them based on what we did or didn't see between them. So what I say is imagine you've got a saucepan and you put mum and dad or your two primary caregivers or whoever raised you we're talking about dad wounds, so particularly the dad figure and mum or, or the mother figure, put them into a saucepan and boil them down. Now, you know, there were multiple personalities, there were conversations, there were conflicts, they were there, they weren't there, whatever. Mm. And imagine you boil it down into a nugget where there is just the condensed flavour of their relationship. For some people, that condensed nugget has a flavour of abandonment. For other people, it has a flavour of drama. For some people, it has a, a flavour of abuse. For some people, it has a flavour of love, but it was smothering, or love, but it was cold. Whatever that flavour is, you've got to remember, we modelled our blueprint of love from our parents. Yeah. And so energy, this is sort of going back to the, the laws of energy, energy cannot be destroyed, it just changes form. And so whatever was unresolved in that relationship, that flavour of that relationship, we're going to keep on attracting that lesson until we actually get the lesson. Mm. And number two, we do what's familiar even if it's unhealthy. So we get addicted to patterns because it's familiar. Often people will wear, it's it's almost like psychologically wearing the same pair of shoes that are a size too small and they give you blisters just because the pain and familiarity is more safe than the pain of unfamiliarity, even if the shoes are more healthy and comfortable. So I believe we keep attracting whatever that flavour is. So let's say you grew up and your father figure left and so the wound is more of an abandonment wound or an absent wound Mm. and we boil down the flavour of mum and dad's relationship or the role models represented that and there's this theme of abandonment, not just from your story but it was also kind of present in their story. Mm. That abandonment wound doesn't go anywhere. So you're going to keep recreating that wound in an attempt to heal it. Mm -hmm. So what that means is you may attract people that abandon you and they can do that by being emotionally unavailable, live in a different place. They may um, have another relationship or Mm -hmm. whatever that third-party energy is. It might be kids. It might be another marriage. It might be they're married to their job, but they're there's some reason why their mind, body, soul and logistics cannot be fully available to you. There's some element of it that's abandoning you. 
in your yeah. perception. Yeah. And you've attracted them in an attempt to heal what is unhealed mm. about your original lessons in love with dad. Yeah. Or you might become your dad and become the abandoner, become the person who's unavailable, become the person that cheats. And again, you're doing that to just get that same lesson from the opposite perspective. Mm. And sometimes that abandonment wound has us leave before we're left. So we become what we're most scared of. And ultimately, we're going to keep attracting the same lesson until we actually get the lesson. So what that means is we need to heal that dad wound and how we do it is through a process which I take clients through which is very involved and and requires sort of one-on-one healing. But it's a process of forgiving yourself and your dad and forgiveness is a selfish act, releasing the wound, rewriting the story so that you can decide your own blueprint of love and your wound's not deciding and actually come to the point of gratitude because going through this wound has prevented you from having a whole bunch of things but it's also given you a whole bunch of things because there's always two sides to every coin yeah yeah amazing so all right if we can talk about a little bit more about how you would heal someone from a father wound what are some of the things you would do through say like your own coaching Yeah. Well, something I I would love to give this as like a bit of an activity for people that that may want to hear this and really resonate. And I truly hope that they do because, um, you know, talking from my own story and experience, my mum and dad um, were never meant to get pregnant. I was a bit of a surprise and I deliberately don't use the word accident. Are you an only child? Kind of. So I've got two half siblings but till the age of 18, zero to 18, I was an only child. And I was a little bit of a surprise that came along when my mum was in her very early 20s and was in a tumultuous uh, love affair that was probably the one where all the relatives went, please don't get pregnant. (laughs) You know, those relationships. Those ones, yeah. Surprise, I'm so glad they did. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I really have done a lot of work around this and, and I mean no disrespect or attack onto anyone because there's no baddies it's just I believe that all parents and all people do the best they can with what they've got just sometimes what they've got is pretty interesting or average Mm -hmm. but I believe you could try and give your kids the most perfect upbringing in the world and that kid will still be in therapy 20 years from now saying what you did or didn't do wrong and so you've just got to do your best you know yeah Um, for sure but I really specifically get this particular thing and um and You know, so I'm speaking not just as a coach but as a client. And what I would say is forgiveness is a selfish act. So taking poison is – hating someone is like taking poison and expecting them to die. Mm. Holding resentment and hatred or wounds in your body Mm. means holding them in your body, even if they're warranted towards the person at which you're holding them on behalf of. But you're the one holding them. So forgiveness is a selfish act. So even if – Uh, your father figure did something that you believe is unforgivable. Remember, you're doing this because you don't want to hold that stuff in your body Mm. because this this shit causes cancer. Like do it for selfish reasons, if nothing else. And really write down a letter where you write to your dad and you go through and you pour out your heart and soul and you write until your hand hurts and you do it under the following headings. The first heading is how I feel is. And you allow yourself to really get into that feeling place. Get irrational, swear, 
write down all of the the issues that I listed, the self-esteem issues, the anxiety issues, the depression issues, the anger and rage, the boundaries, how this has showed up as you as a partner, parent and personality, um, what it's had you attract, what you can't let go of, what you wish you could let go of, really get emotional. Then number two is what I think about this is. And this is where we move beyond the emotion and we get a bit more intellectual or psychological Mm. and we kind of be our own therapist and we go, I think this means this and I think this about that and I analyse this about that. Mm -hmm. And then you write down, I'm sorry for. So you've had an emotional release, you've emptied your cup, you've emptied your head and you're now getting humility and you're letting go because sometimes we – put resentment out there, project it, because we're resenting ourselves because maybe we weren't strong enough to speak up. Maybe we were too strong and we're really mean, et cetera. So it's easier to project it onto someone that we perceive has done something really wrong, like being an absent, abandoning, abusive father. But there's a part of us that we need to say sorry to or there's a part of them we need to say sorry to that we've missed. Mm. And so we get into that humble place of, apologizing and being the change we want to see we probably want an apology from them that's not always possible so be the change you want to see and be sorry you want to hear yeah good point great point absolutely then you get to gratitude and you say i thank you because and you write down all the things you're grateful for because there's always a silver lining trust me Mm. i've had so much trauma through my life i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for gratitude And then you end it with I love you because. Now, love is unconditional. True love is unconditional. And if you struggle to write I love you, it means you haven't emptied your cup on the other points enough because it will be natural that you can arrive at a place of unconditional love. Mm. Got to remember, even Adolf Hitler was able to procreate. He could have been someone's dad. Even his kids could have done this because this is for them, not Mm. for him. Mm -hmm. And it's about doing this because you deserve to be free of all of this. How it lands with them is how it lands with them. That's their journey. Let them be on it. And doesn't mean you can't have boundaries. Doesn't mean you need to start doing brunch. Mm. You're doing this for a, for a personal healing and a personal breakthrough so that you can have healthy relationships with yourself and others. And that's that's a forgiveness letter process. Sorry, I've got a plane going over my, that's my all house. Right. No. Unintentional sound effects there. Um, <laughs> and um, maybe it's those dad issues flying away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So that's the thing. So obviously going through that healing process, you don't actually have to have any physical contact with your father. Um, But you're doing that. Yeah, you're doing that to literally release all the tension and and the angst within your body, which I've had to go through that myself in the last sort of 12 to 24 months. um, Of just like if I think of my father now, I I don't feel resentment or anger towards him. Um, yeah. given what he did yeah. I've and I've had to let that go so that I could continue on with my life and have healthy somewhat healthy relationships it's funny what you mentioned though about the whole logistics how we tend to attract people who are at a distance um, mm. I find that so interesting so I'm kind of in that situation at the moment where um, I just wonder do I still have more father wounds I'm trying to heal um, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because you reminded me of something I wanted to say. Mm. The comment that I made, we keep attracting or running from the lessons until we actually resolve it. Now, 
that can show up in a few ways. We can keep attracting the person that has the same energy of what we did or didn't get from the role models being our parents around love and specifically what dad did or didn't give us around power. And we can attract someone that kind of reteaches us the dad vibe so that we can have that healing within that relationship Mm. like maybe we actually do resolve it through that relationship it's not saying that every time we attract it that means it's a red flag it could be our greatest healer because that relationship yes it is attracted because of the dad wound but it's also the opportunity to resolve it Mm. we can be the dad in the situation and then realize shit i'm doing that thing that was really a big wound for me Mm realizing that we're a good person with love and light doing our best but we've just inherited this generational pain and we're expressing it in the best way we know how then we can get that breakthrough and have a deeper level of empathy for the people that hurt us does anyone ever have a perfect relationship like i don't know anyone miranda that goes into a relationship and doesn't have shit behind them yeah it's meant to be there's you know you're you're a fitness and relationship expert now and the on the fitness side have you ever seen anyone with a near perfect body that didn't work their ass off in the gym and rip some muscle first well there's that and they've probably also although they look good they've probably got some body dysmorphia behind them and that also drives them to keep doing what they do because they're actually quite insecure deep down so there's always there's always a chink in someone's armor Totally. And I I don't like the word perfection because I actually don't think it exists. I believe there's no perfection, there's only progress. Mm. And so if you can use relationships to deepen your progress around personal development, then that's the intention to go into them with. I think our intentions are sometimes subconscious. So when we're single and dating, Mm. we might have a subconscious rule that says I'm dating to meet the one. And that's why we hate rejection because anyone that's not the one is seen as a rejection. Whereas if we went into dating and saw it as networking, this is an opportunity for me to network. Like if you join a networking group, you do coffees all the time. doesn't mean you're going to buy from everyone. doesn't mean everyone's going to buy from you. Mm. But you could be tapping into each other's networks and referring each other business or learning something you didn't know or mm. whatever. Or some of them might be a total time waste, but you just accept that. Yeah. And dating is the same. It's just romantic networking. So if you go into it going... I'm just going to network and see how I can serve, see yeah. how we can collaborate. It doesn't yeah. have to be romantic. Dating will become fun. And if you go into relationships instead of this unconscious blueprint, it has to be perfect, they've got to be my soulmate, but instead going into it going, this is university, this is personal development, this is an opportunity for my soul to progress, mm. then growth is uncomfortable, like with the workout in the gym. And they're not meant to be perfect. They're meant to be hard. They're meant to be challenging Sometimes they'll be peaceful, sometimes they'll be passionate, but you don't go into university expecting it to be easy. You don't go into the gym expecting it to be easy. So why do no. we go into relationships wanting them to be easy and perfect? Yeah, so true, so true. Like just we do put we do put a lot of expectation on relationships and I think it does come back to a little bit of what at times we see on TV versus oh, yeah. why can't you just show up? Because you uh-huh. want to be there. Like, why is it so hard? But because we're coming into someone else's life and lifestyle and demands and schedules and it's not that straightforward. It's just not that straightforward. But Totally. Yeah. 
Well, there's three stages to any relationship. The first one is passion. The second one is problems. And the third one is peace. So, Three Ps. Yep, three Ps. I love good alliteration, if that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes I just guess well, words. Yeah. Um, so P is passion, honeymoon period. The next part is problems, and that's the make it or break it point where mm. if you decide this person is not worth, worth doing the work for or if you have crappy belief systems like everything's just meant to be easy, that'll be the point at we, or your gut just tells you to, that'll be the point you exit. Not everyone has to be soulmate. It's a choice. Yeah. And if you look at someone and you go, there's enough passion and enough willingness to solve the problems and the skills to actually back it up, whether you innately have the skills, you find the skills, you get couples coaching, whatever you need, mm. um, then you make it to the place which is peace. And that's where you drag together stages one and two with the final stage. So you have a beautiful combo of passion at times, problem solving at times, and mm. peace mm. at times. And that's what a long-term relationship is about. And, you know, in the movies, they often just show the peace and the passion stage. And so when we face these problems, we see it as a big red flag and we compare ourselves to others. Mm. But it's like, may your life be as fabulous as you pretend it is on Facebook. Like, I'm the person that coaches these relationships that are posting couple goals selfies. Mm. And they're going through the same shit as we all are. And it's called, that's what relationships are made of, the character building. Yeah. Because our parents are our first role models of love and 99.9% of parents give us some kind of wound, I think it's almost meant to be. I I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's unusual. I think it's part of our growth because you've got wounded people raising wounded people wondering why they're wounded. Mm. And then we're in a romantic relationship that is naturally going to remind us of all of our unhealed wounds in our original lesson. If you learned how to ride a bike and you fell off it, grazed your knee, smashed into a bush, the next time you get on a bike, it's going to bring up all of your fears. Mm. And if you had trauma or unresolved stuff or challenges around your original blueprints of love, likelihood is you're going to go out and attract them in all your romantic relationships. So every time you go back into one, all of that is going to be refired off and you're going to come from a place of fear and that's what destroys relationships because love is actually meant to be um, approached from a space of love, not fear, yet it's the one thing that brings up all our fear. Yeah, it just, like I said, there's no one there's no one person or couple that can ever just enter into a relationship without all their other stuff coming to the surface and then it just becomes, yeah. you know, you put this magnifying glass on all yeah. your crap and then, like you said, you get to that problem stage and it's like, well, are we are we going to navigate through this? And like in my previous – in a previous relationship, we got to the, prob- the problem stage and that was it for us. It was just – yeah. it broke it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's great how you said about how TV and shows and stuff, they don't show you really the problem stage like the – I mean, they do, that there's – I guess you do see a lot of that. Yeah. But the fairy tales that we watch age zero to seven, which is when our subconscious mind is wide open mm. and very susceptible to learning what life is like from mm. metaphors like cartoons, it's the Disney princesses, it's the action heroes. It's a, you know, it, those things don't explore that um, challenges in relationship are normal. And often the only experience that we have of that is seeing our parents who – also weren't taught that stuff yeah. and kids 
really personally. And so they often go, what does this say about me? I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. What's wrong with me? Because mum and dad are having issues. And so the the issues keep on, you know, it's a gift that keeps on giving generation to generation. And um, it's, it's really, really powerful stuff. But if you looked at, let's say people listening went to a spiritual retreat in Byron Bay. You just went, right, I want to have a big breakthrough or in Bali or pick your favourite destination, Maldives. Um, go, you want to go there to have a big personal breakthrough. Mm. Now, if you went there and it was smooth sailing and you just had a pleasant time, you probably wouldn't feel you got your money's worth. But if you went there and it was like wake up at five, do yoga that stretches you, emotional breakthroughs where you're crying, bringing up all your issues so you can resolve them. All of that's really uncomfortable and unpleasant. You would walk away from that going, I really had a breakthrough and grew. So what I would say is like go into relationships and go the purpose of love is, yes, it's support and nurturing, but it's also growth. So you don't want pleasant, smooth and easy. You want growth. And it's not about not having the fights. It's not about not having the emotions. It's not about not having the wounds. It's how do you rupture then repair? It's how do we get uncomfortable and then get comfortable as quickly and as deeply and as powerfully as possible? It's not about avoiding the rupture in the first place. Let's take a quick break. This short ad break is proudly sponsored by my friends at Gravity Colon Therapy located in Brisbane and Southport on the Gold Coast. If you're feeling really backed up, struggling with constipation, which is leading you to not really being able to think clearly, then I suggest it's time you got your pipes cleaned out. These guys are the only place in Queensland which offers the Woods Gravity Method of Colonics, which is the safest, most comfortable and effective method of colonics there is. To book in your first session, visit gravitycolontherapy.com.au to get $25 off your first session and let the owner Christy know that Amanda sent you. I can promise you that you will feel super comfortable. All sorts of jokes will fly around the room just to, I guess, address the elephant in the room, that is having a pipe shoved up your bum. But... Once it's all out, you're going to feel 10 kilos lighter or just lighter in general. So if you're holding on to even emotional stuff, you'll be amazed uh, the clarity that you gain after a session. Anyway, let's get back to it. I think you've pretty much covered it all, to be honest. We're only 33 minutes in, unless there's anything else you want to add to it. 33 minutes is an angel number. I think you and I are getting so good at communicating that we're just getting straight to the point. As you said that. And I looked at the timer on GarageBand because that's where I'm recording the audio <laughs> to. It went three, 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 and I've been seeing three, three, three everywhere of late. So, Look it up when you oh, see red numbers. It's angel numbers. I'm going to do it right now. now Let's that, do it. Let's now do a live. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm I'm writing to this anyway. I've been um, following it for a long time, but for the listeners. So seeing triple three repeatedly may be a sign that a looming decision needs your attention. It's a signal that your path ahead is clear for moving forward. The triple three angel number indicates that despite your fears, anxieties or misled plans or wrong turns, you're on the right path. The universe is urging you to keep going. So I think, look, for me, if I, if I kind of interpret that, so mm-hmm. I would base that around career right now. Mm. And um, I... I know that I've come to a point in my fitness career where I'm I'm fair, pretty much in my last year of it. You know, I've had a pretty good run. I've been in the industry for about six years now. Mm. And for those that know me in my 20s, I couldn't hold a job for more than four, two years. 
right? Mm. So every sort of year or two years, eight months, six months, I was out onto the next thing. And even though I haven't been in the same gym for six years, I've remained in the same industry and being self-employed and what have you. So it's all the same, same, regardless of what gym you go to, it's all the same crap at the end of the day, right? <laughs> and by crap, I mean, you know, the logistics, the the handlings of a business, you know, financial management, people management, mm-hmm. you management, life management, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Running a business is full on. Um, but, yeah, as you know, my, my goal is to get to running the podcast full-time and sponsored. So if anyone listening out there, if you do have a business and you're thinking about sponsoring the show, feel free to reach out. Yeah. And also working in radio full time. So when I like, I mean, I work for Radio Metro voluntarily at the moment here on the Gold Coast. So I go mm. into the studio once a week and I record. Um, don't get paid for it, but I always leave feeling recha- like recharged. Like I love it. Yeah. It's my happy place. So you- yeah, just you been throwing it out there. Really yeah. throwing it out there. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm busting a gut because I'm I'm at capacity right now. Um, we're going to go off topic, but anyone that is looking at wanting to make a career change, for example, or a change in direction, I think you've got to get to a point where it, it's going to get harder before it gets easier because you're going to fill your cup right to the brim where when you get to that point, just start learning to say no more. So I've had either friends ask me for favours or other opportunities come my way and I've had to turn things down because I'm like, nah, I'm running at capacity I'm devoting myself to the podcast and that's a three, four hour job a week because I do all the editing. Um, I have all the, I don't, I don't just record it and send it off to a producer. I do it all myself. I do my artwork. I do the promo. I do the back end stuff. I do the whole lot. So I don't pay anyone to do that. So yeah, it would be in an ideal world I could send it off. But personally, because I'm physically capable of doing that, I'd rather do that myself. Then I've got radio. The show takes about one to two hours to write and then I've got to record it in studio, uh, which means I've got to finish my morning shift at the gym, drive to the studio half an hour, record for an hour, drive back home, then drive back to the gym, give or take, it's a 12 or 15 hour day. So this is what I mean by it gets harder before it gets easier is that mm. a lot of the the pressure cooker is sizzling. It's you know the old school pressure cookers that your grandmothers used to have with the whistle on top? <laughs> That's what I feel like most days. I feel like I'm going to fucking explode. Effect. Can you do that sound effect again? That was really good. Make <laughs> 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 sure you listen back to this. That's amazing. <laughs> Literally, I just, that little metal thing. I remember growing up, my grandmother had the best of my pots. And it just that little whistle fucking going crazy, going, that stew's fucking ready. Take it off the pot, love. <laughs> love it. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, that's um, really inspiring. Really inspiring. I love your mission. Thank you for sharing that. I, I'm so inspired by the work you do, just getting out there and following your mission. It's incredible. Look, it's part of my healing process. If we're talking about father wounds, like I've been – fortunate and unfortunate to have issues with family growing up and it's if I had my if I had my choice I would choose to have the relationship with my parents that I had with my grandparents on my Mm. mother's side I had a you know I I unfortunately when I think of good times I don't think of my own immediate family and Mm. it's not to say we always had a toxic relationship by no means we didn't we've had some really good funny times we used to have an absolutely 
absolute pisser with my mum because she was always, you know, more the light-hearted one. And, you know, my father, my father's a hard worker, you know, always did what he – he was very much acts of service to a T. Never tell you that he's proud of you, but he will mm. drop everything to help you where he yeah. could. And he was the one that would show up to sports games and – stuff so that was important for me um always mm. helped me move house stuff like that so i don't discredit oh. him fully but you know obviously with an incident which happened a couple of years ago now um i think that's why i've been able to just make peace with it because i think of all the good things he did and Beautiful. when we come back to gratitude i'm like you know what he wasn't always a shit father <laughs> like yeah he, you know and i think Maybe that's where the silver lining is, is that in in that moment he, a good man, made a bad choice. Um, mm. And that's something that I hope in time for himself he can heal because I'm sure yeah. that he's not proud of his own decision either. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. As you're talking, you're actually giving me all of these intuitive downloads that I want to mention. Mm. And something that was really powerful for, for me, I actually had a reconciliation catch up with my dad recently after um, I had a real abandonment story around him leaving when I was five or six and that caused a lot of dad wound issues on me and they were the gift that keeps giving because he had similar pain around the relationship with or lack of relationship with his dad Mm. and rather than being the opposite Mm. he kind of unconsciously mimicked it because the topic of family and intimacy and connection was so painful for him that he did the thing that led to all of his wounds to begin with. So it's really ironic how we keep attracting the lesson until we actually resolve it, including our parents. And, um, you know, after years of, of doing my own work around that and doing everything from screaming at him, you abandoned me when I was 13, going through puberty really violently at him, to you know coming full circle and after doing this work we were actually able to catch up have a beer together Mm. and they just hear his stories of like what was it like in the 80s when you were young and Mm. who are you and you know just just be curious as if I was you know interviewing a stranger on a podcast and just getting curious and about my Hungarian side of the family and it was actually um something that I found really powerful is I think in relationships if we come with expectations and expectations are different to standards we should have standards and we should behave in accordance with our own standards and we should attract people that match that but never try and change anyone or project expectations onto them because yeah. it's not our ability to change anyone other than ourselves yeah. um, but in if we have an expectation of this happily ever after relationship in our head, our partner will constantly be letting us down because that's what we're comparing them to rather than letting them unfold as an authentic flower. Mm. And with our parents, I think sometimes, like with relationships, we have a fairy tale image of how our parents should or shouldn't be. 100%. So, yeah. yeah, based on movies, based on our own just our soul's craving for balance. We want masculine. We want feminine. We want love. We want nurturing. We want safety. We want respect. We want self-esteem. And so because they're our caregivers and our teachers and they created us, mm. we put all that burden on them. But often they're just little kids in adults' bodies still figuring out their own crap if they even could care to do that. And so I've changed the story in my head around all of these things I've just said where, like I said, dating is not about meeting the one, it's just networking. Being in a relationship is not about being made happy. It's about learning and growth. Mm. 
And then I'm always happy because I'm getting more than what I actually asked for. And it's not lowering my standards. It's removing the toxic, unrealistic expectations and giving yourself an opportunity to be happy and grateful instead of miserable the whole time. Mm. And with my parents, I changed the story for from, well, if they were a good father, they would have X, Y, Z or not X, Y, Z. If they were a good mother, they would have... Blah, blah, blah. Instead of that, I went, you know what? Even the most effed up parents have given their child the greatest gift that you can give another human being, and that is the gift of life. Mm. Anything else yep. is a bonus. Yeah. When yeah. I changed the story to be that, mm. it changed my expectation from instead of comparing my parents to the perfect parents in my head, mm. I compared them to the parents that may not have followed through on that pregnancy and I wouldn't even be here to complain about them. Yeah. So does it make them perfect? Does it make all their behaviours within integrity? No. But does it allow us to take all the pressure off them and ourselves yeah. and just go, I am here to live another day? And was it my fault, all the stuff that I've been through? No. Yeah. But is it my responsibility to live the kind of life that I want to live and be the kind of person I want to be and have the kind of love I want to have from here on out? Absolutely. What I love about that, Miranda, is you're saying to people, you're giving a person permission to show up in the best way that they know how to. So a mm -hmm. person really can only meet you where they've met themselves. And I fucking love that saying because it's so true. Oh, because as children, our generation is, is open and more exposed to personal development. Whereas I can tell you now, my parents' generation, no, not a hope in hell. Unless they were yeah. bookworms or from the eastern suburbs where they were more educated – Mm -hmm. My parents were blue collar. They worked hard their whole lives, and their personal development was foreign to them. I mm. was the I was the oddball in the family that did all that stuff. That did yoga in year eleven and twelve when it was, you know, only hippies did yoga back then. Whereas now every fucking studio has yoga classes and what have you. You know, I yeah. remember my sister used to call me a hippie <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> because it was, you know, it, it was, for me, it kept my sanity while I was busting my ass doing Year 12. Um, yeah. And, you know, as I grew older and I've, I mean, I've been doing personal development since I was 16 and I'm now 36, so 20 years I've been doing it. And my parents have had, yeah, no idea. They've only ever known hard work. And so, yeah. my, I, I mean, I'm reflecting on what you're saying and I think, yeah, maybe at times I have been hard on my parents because... I feel I've always had the ability to help them if they've wanted the help. And that's the mm. other thing too. You can't fucking help someone that doesn't want it or doesn't yep. believe in it. Um, and that's where that anger and fucking frustration comes from too. And you think, why don't you just listen? Like, because yeah. I hear you complaining. I've got the answer for you, but you don't want to <laughs> do the work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, um, I think, you know, we've got access to things like love languages. So, it's so bleedingly obvious to us, like you were saying, what our parents are or aren't doing, but they they can only know what they know. They can't know what they don't know. Yeah. And if without access to personal development or without a willingness towards all that, they are either loving you in the way that they were loved or the way they crave to be loved. Mm. So that's not necessarily nailing what you need. So 
if a parent had an abusive parent, they may be abusive to you. Or if a parent had an abusive parent, they may be no boundaries and really soft with you because they're either giving you what they got or giving you what they needed. But what you want is a balance of softness and boundaries, you know? And so it's almost like this pendulum that swings generationally because we just keep missing the mark. And so what I say is draw a line in the sand. Be grateful that your parents fertilised that egg to get you here and allow the rest to be a bonus. Focus on what you're grateful for. Use the rest as a healing opportunity to turn your wounds into wings so you can even be thankful for the stuff they didn't do or did do shit. And be the change you want to see. If your parents don't value personal development, you value personal development. If your parents can't communicate, you communicate. If your parents don't give you boundaries, you create boundaries because you can't change anyone other than you. It's not your ability, it's not your right, and it's not possible. And if you're craving something from them, give it to yourself, reparent yourself mm. because that's your need. They don't even know probably how to meet their own needs most of the time, let alone yours. <laughs> that's gold absolute yeah. gold yeah oh you know what you just a breath of fresh air for the podcast you know you Thank just no because i could listen to you all day all day oh, that's good. i had to that's... obviously ring you the other day with my own relationship stuff walking I... and crying and oh, i need help i need professional opinion <laughs> <laughs> but honestly like you just when you talk, Miranda, you don't skip a beat. You just you know what you mean. You mean what you say, and you just execute on what you know beautifully. So I just want to thank say you. thank you for that because thank you. I think it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. I did my human dynamic chart with a um, client the other day, and that is like quite a spiritual chart thing that brings together the um, astrology, numerology, some. Asian um, philosophy, and it brings it all together in a real, like a bit like Myers Briggs, where it really profiles you. It works out the degrees of the planets when you were born. Well, and I love all that stuff, and I did it. Mm. And it said my um, my life's mission is unconditional love. So mm. I think what you're hearing when I talk is just full on congruency. Like this is this is who I am, what I do, and what I was born to do. And yeah. um, I, I I love doing our podcast together, and I love helping you off um, behind the scenes as well and it's um it's, it's a breath of fresh air meeting someone just so real and so raw and so authentic because that's that's who I am and that's what I've got time for there's mm. so much it in the world that it's like be you being anyone else is a waste of who you are and when you just be yourself there's nothing to remember <laughs> just be you <laughs> oh tell me about it and for those that don't know we're also doing online coaching together. So I'm now we, assisting you with online coaching, which is great. Absolutely. We're, you know, and so beautiful women supporting women. Like yeah. for those ladies listening and men listening, like your, your tribe is your superpower. Your network is your net worth. Mm. If you want to get results in life, think about what the result is mm. and attract people around you that are five levels above you in that thing. I might be five levels above with my studies, life experience, whatever, with with soulmate stuff because that's what I do. You're five levels above me with health. And Mm. so, you know, so many women compete and get envious and blah, blah, blah. Whereas when women collaborate or when humans collaborate, screw women like anyone, it's amazing how instead of being triggered by each other, we can collaborate and actually help each other. Mm. And, there's nothing wrong with saying you need help and saying, hey, I'm an expert in thing A, but I'm a bloody work in progress in thing B. Let's help each other with our superpowers. Absolutely. And, yeah, you're an amazing. 
if, if any of you want an amazing love expert, reach out to me. If any of you want an amazing health expert or want to come and make this podcast absolutely explode with sponsorship or mm. we're, we're helpers, we're, we're earth angels, we're here to collaborate and help. So if any of this has resonated, drop one of us a line and we'd, we'd love to connect and collaborate with all of the above. I agree. And the future of the podcast is eventually to lead into live events. So getting a whole bunch of relationship experts into one room with me just floating around emceeing the event, (laughs) maybe talking about my um, shitty relationship experiences as a sense of hope and and realism and whatever, just helping people connect in the room and then just having all kinds of, oh, God, eye-opening – educational experiences in one room so that that's i guess that's the 12 month goal so the goal is to really build the relate the podcast up with weekly episodes eventually i want to take it to twice a week so if it gets to a point where i'm in a position to do that um i mean i'd have to take a step back from coaching at that point it probably won't happen while i'm still coaching but um, that's what I mean by if I can get this running full-time, running two, three episodes a week sponsored, my Lord, the amount of um, the amount of just um, value that we can bring to everyone and then we can run these events on a consistent mm. basis because then that would be the f- – I'd have more time to focus on that. Um, yeah. And I would make them day-long events, maybe even three-month uh, – sorry, three-day – three-day events back-to-back yeah. and just, oh, it'd be off the charts. So I don't oh. – Miranda, I mean, you've obviously been in this field for a little while. Is there anything – have you ever seen anything like that in this country? No, I haven't. And when we spoke about it, it really, really excited me. So um, as as we discussed, you know, there, there's a, a health expo. We all know what that looks like and what that is. There is a um, business expo or summit or, you know, there's all those kind of things. But to my knowledge and I – you know, I, I'm definitely in in that niche, well and truly. Mm. I, I, if there is one, it's not a world class, you know, drops off your tongue kind of thing. There's even a sex boat, but where's the love boat? <laughs> like, where do we get deep diving into relationships and have an expert on every sub niche within that, mm. and literally have the self lovers, the singles, and the soulmates walk out of it? so empowered, so loved up mm. and with like a toolbox exploding with value and like, yep. yeah, I'm like, sign me up, sister. This this definitely is alignment with my mission, which is all about love. I want to spread self-love, soulmate love and love of life all over this yep. planet one heart yep. at a time. And so the more one-to-many um, opportunities and projects to do that, the, the better. And I've been running live events for 15 years so during lockdown it's been unusual but I haven't been doing that so I'm really looking forward to lockdown being over mm. and um, absolutely working with you and being your biggest fan and collaborator on this and yeah. um, and and absolutely anything you know you, you've just got such a beautiful mission and aura and you're it, it's funny when I saw you on on maths and first impressions you know you you have so much strength and and power talking of love and power um, and your power really leads when you first make an impression. And the more I've gotten to know you, it's just so beautiful to see that that power is balanced with just as much of an abundance of love. Oh, and you yeah. have a beautiful, soft, feminine, spiritual side. And you're just, you're such a beautiful, well rounded, just divine goddess. And it's just such a pleasure to know you, Thank you. And as a bit of a soul sister and client and coach. And yeah, bring on the hats. Can't have enough hats. Yeah. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Can I I tell you one little thing? I am circling back around something I remembered to say because I think this will connect with people as well. Yeah. Is with with the dad boy and coming back to that, Mm. you can see it a lot in little kids. So I've coached kids in the past and Mm. sometimes when a father is abusive, abandoning or absent, uh, so there's a single mum or mother figure situation, Mm. because the little girl is still going through that process of, attracting the lesson until she resolves it, she can actually turn into that that energy. So her imbalance of power means she becomes really dominant. So she's almost Mm. filling the void of that masculine energy which she craves, but because she hasn't got life experience and because it's coupled with rage and grief because her dad's left or, Mm. you know, whether that's emotionally or physically he's left, Mm. um, she can be quite like a bossy, toxic, controlling um, bully of a little girl in her masculine energy. Right. It can also go the other way where the little girl um, or little boy, it goes with both, but they can kind of be the bully and be the toxic masculine that they're missing or they can turn into really effeminate or really flaky, soft, weak feminine because they don't perceive masculine energy as safe or they do not know what it is. So that's another little way you can pick it as well. If you look back at your own childhood or the children around you, that can be, you can go, there's a real imbalance of power. Mm. They're either overly powerful to the point of bullying their own parents or other kids or they're totally disempowered to the point of being like really weak and disempowered. So, yeah, that's – um, and that can happen with mum issues or dad issues, mm. but that's kind of how it links to the dad aspect of that. Amazing. My mm. God. That I just – as you were saying that, I started to think of certain people in my life who I – I mean, including myself. Mm. Um, I remember growing up, my sister used to say to me, you know, you've got such a strong personality, you just need to tone it down a little or, you know, and yeah. I couldn't see it at the time. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've had to become this way. I can't mm-hmm. I can't reverse that now because of all the crap I've been through yeah. along with my desire to always remain authentic and in- integral to what I mean and believe in. Um, yeah. You can sit there and bullshit your way through life, sister, but I can't. And then mm-hmm. when you, you know, yeah, it's, it's amazing how you have – you developed this aggression. Like I remember how aggressive yeah. I used to be at times. Like I just had fucking so much anger, just a lot yeah. of built-up anger. But my, I mean, my father was also quite um, – he was a hothead big time. And mm. I mean, but his father was too. So, yeah. you know. And, you know, people will say certain nationalities are hot-blooded. But it's mm. like, are they really or have we just modelled it generation to generation? And you know, the, the, the link between our ancestors and us is massive. We're not just ovens that we're cooked in in our mum's womb. It's like we're bringing, you know, trauma at a cellular level, at an emotional level, and energetic level, and we're, we're all connected. And, um, it you know, I, I do find that on that note of aggression and, and that stuff, which I've definitely experienced through my issues in this department, I really have noticed in the work that I've done that people will, it's a very common thing virtually 100% of the time. And have a think about this if you're listening. There's usually, we usually have a favourite within us that we lean toward and lead with and we normally have one that we reject when it comes to masculine or feminine energy. So Mm. for some of you, you'll lean towards being powerful, in control, dominant, assertive, strong, all those kind of features. Yeah. Or maybe you reject that part of yourself. So you either have a favoritism towards it or a rejection towards it. 
for others of you, you might have a favoritism towards your feminine energy, which is your softness, your femininity, your kindness, your uh, nurturing, all of those kind of traits. Mm. Some might have a favoritism towards that or a rejection towards that. And that is often one of our big life lessons too. And I, I don't do the work where it's about lowering the one that's your favorite. Mm. I do the work to bring the other one up so that they're both your favorite. See, I, um, I love both. Like I can be a boss at work and then I can Mm. come home and just talk to my cat like a baby and be a real (laughs) soft mum. And I'm really, um, I'm really nurturing with children as well. So I, um, you know, you got some women that are in power that they're not really maternal, you know? No. I, yeah, no, I'm definitely a a good balance of both. So I think I'm grateful that I've been able to, um, and I wouldn't even say it's come through personal development. I think I've always been that way. I've always yeah. been soft and hard, you know. Yeah, definitely. And that's um, that's why relationships is a perfect thing for you to have your podcast on because this mm-hmm. masculine and feminine duality within you as an individual is such a big part of becoming whole as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's also key within relationships because you need um, you need a balance of both in both individuals for it to be healthy, yet you need to be able to bring forth the opposite of both in each other for there to be attraction, polarisation. So Mm. um, it's a really, really key thing and mum and dad represent masculine and feminine, so it's an interesting thing to reflect. Do I put one of those on a pedestal and one of those in a pit or do I love both of those equally? And unless you love them both equally, then there's some work to do for you to feel a sense of self-love and wholeness. And Mm. it sounds like you've, whether through life teaching you or whether it's just you or whether you've done the work, it sounds like you're there and I've certainly done the work to get there. I used to reject my feminine, perceive it as unsafe and weak, vulnerability and all of that, whereas now I'm like, vulnerability is my ultimate strength. If I needed to cry on this podcast, I'd love that. Mm. Whereas if I needed to be tough love, I'd love that. I couldn't pick. Like I love them both. Mm. And, you know, that that's the work that I do where it's like they're both your favourites and it's just about having the wisdom and intuition to know when it's time to bring forward what. And... Another imbalance that a lot of people could find it useful to reflect on is like with the masculine and feminine, there's a a relationship between our ability to give and receive love. There's also a relationship between self-love and soulmates. So as a bit of an activity, you could write down out of 10, how much do I love my feminine energy? Mm. Give yourself a score. If it's anything less than 10, there's work to do. How much do I love my masculine energy? If there's anything less than 10, same thing. How much can I give love to others? Score that out of 10. If not 10, there's work to do. How much do you love receiving from others? It makes some people uncomfortable, guilty receiving. Yeah, yeah, Maybe totally. You don't know how to give. Um, score that out of 10. And then how's my self-love out of 10? How's my ability to attract soulmates? And yep. it's not just have you got a tribe? Do you have soul sisters, soul brothers? Are you coaching and working with soul clients? You know, because our, our tribe is really important as well. And if you can kind of look at all that, wherever there's gaps, don't beat yourself up. It's just that's where you should put your focus when yeah. it comes to love and relationships. Great. I love that. All right, Miranda, look, let's leave it there. That's, that was Done. that was brilliant. Um, can you can we give everyone a bit of a teaser and maybe think about just I'm putting you on the spot now, what potentially we could talk about in another, say, few weeks? Interesting you say that because 
if there's any way, like we, you and I, our biggest problem is shutting up rather than coming up with content, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's our breakthrough in life. But yep. um, the Amanda and Miranda show <laughs> never stops. <laughs> but um, I, I was thinking it could be really interesting based on whoever's listening to this is obviously meant to be listening to it. You've yeah. manifested, someone shared it with you because they know you love it. I'd love to know what people want to hear from us. Like, have we touched on a subject and you've gone, go into that more. No, don't skip on. And you want to hear more of it because mm. I just feedback. So we're really serving because we might have blind spots around what we think people want to hear versus yeah. what they want to hear. So, um, I mean, I can talk about anything to do with self-love, love or soulmates. Yeah. So, I mean, Mother's Day is pretty far away to talk about the mother's wound. It depends how quickly you want me on. But we're now in, where are we, September um, October is Halloween, so we could have a bit of a fun session and tell all of our scariest love stories. And yes, scary- I love and that. And have some humour Yeah. because um, this was quite a deep topic. Um, but on top of that, like my my call to action is that I'm happy to offer anyone and everyone that resonates a 15-minute soulmate session with me if they want to have a chat about anything. Yeah. And on that, that, they can give me feedback. And likewise, whatever your way to reach out is, if anyone has feedback and we can that <laughs> way that's Pardon me. as well. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the window <laughs> behind me open. <laughs> what are you going to do next? Oh, no, we're not going to um, edit that out, but I've got the window behind me open and I'm like, oh, it's getting cold because it's 5.30 in the afternoon here, the sun's going down, there's a bit of a breeze. So I think I need to fuck off ski now so I can... It's a separate sound every, every podcast, a different bodily function. I wonder what's next. <laughs> wow. You might get it out of the other orifice next time. Let's get... <laughs> Maybe that can be on the scary podcast. Yeah. We'll open up. Welcome to episode 28. <laughs> Have you got any questions, Miranda? Yes. Would you like to pull my finger, Amanda? Would you like to Philip toe? <laughs> oh, shit. I love it. All right. Oh, well, as always, it's been uh, brilliant. If you guys want to stay in touch with Miranda, her details will be in the show notes below. She's on uh, Instagram at the Soulmate Coach. Her website is MirandaClaireInternational.com. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So that'll all be below. Check us out. We are on the three main platforms. Um, you can find them on Google, iTunes and Spotify. I won't bore you with any of that. Feel free to leave us an honest review. Uh, on iTunes, available only. You can't do it on Spotify or Google. If you love the show, feel free to take a screenshot, tag myself and Miranda in that and uh, let us know how much you love it or just DM us your thoughts. And um, if obviously if there's certain topics you want us to talk about, let us know as well because we're all about, like you said, Miranda, we're all about serving so we need to know what everybody else wants too. Other than that, Miranda, thank you so much for jumping on again. Thank you.